When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's going on, Bucks fans? Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks insight and entertainment three times a week. That's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. First thing in the morning when you are brewing your morning coffee, heading to work, or hitting the gym. Be sure to conveniently download that Odyssey app. Hit the auto download button to stay up to date on all new episodes, or you can catch Jolly Rogers and touchdowns on any of your favorite streaming platforms. I'm Casey Hudson, joined by my lovely co-host Kaylee Mizell, and we are bringing you a brand new episode sailing into a short week here. We've got this Ravens. Yeah, we've got this. It's barely been 48 hours, it feels like. But it's an opportunity to (laughs) bounce back, to shake off the embarrassment, and move forward (laughs) the fingers are crossed so hard that like i'm cutting off my blood circulation um yeah we're we're pushing through the exciting part though kaylee is that we get to join forces with the winning drive a ravens podcast to really dig in definitely um, some insight here on this ravens versus bucks primetime matchup and if anything Mm -hmm. Kaylee said something so funny earlier today we're gonna hopefully bring you at least a better primetime game than we've all had to endure the last few weeks it's been it's been really bad and so I mean at least we can hope for something better than that say it it will keep you awake at the very minimum (laughs) hopefully that's a great way to put it. Hopefully, it will keep you awake because the last few weeks were a big snooze fest and not overly fun. But like you said, the Winning Drive podcast, uh, they were great to work with. So really excited to get into this episode. So without further ado, there you go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens Post Game Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan. And I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan, as well as the station's Ravens Beat Reporter. And we are doing a joint podcast today with some beautiful ladies from the Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns podcast. I'd love you guys to introduce yourselves. Thank you guys so much for having us. I'm Kaylee, Kaylee Mizell. And uh, live in Tampa, covering the Bucks, the Lightning, and a, a, a bunch of other things. So, uh, really, really enjoying. Well, maybe not so much enjoying the season, but enjoying <laughs> Tampa always, and very, very happy to be with you guys today. Better way to put it. Uh, what's up, guys? I'm Casey Hudson, uh, co-host with Kaylee Mizell over at Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, as well as our hockey podcast, Pucks and Bolts, um, and then a co-host on the Sunday Spread on BetQL Network. So the juggle, but as Kaylee said, we are enjoying Tampa minus um, one of our Tampa teams not doing so hot, and we get the 
honor, if you will, <laughs> to have a better primetime performance, we hope, on Thursday uh, versus you guys down here in Tampa Bay at Raymond James Stadium. Thank you guys for joining us. So let's get right into it. Uh, both teams are struggling offensively right now. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll start with the Ravens offense and the, and the Tampa defense. Um, Cordell and I obviously have these conversations pretty regularly because in this town, uh, everybody wants the offensive coordinator fired. This is how it goes. Um, and so we the last four really. weeks, the Ravens um, offense has really been lackluster, mediocre, you know, any type of word that you want to add there, basically that they're not getting the job done is what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I had the situation now going into Tampa, which I really, um, one thing about Tampa's defense that I really like is their linebacking core. Um, And so how do you foresee this going into uh, Thursday night's game. We'll start with the ladies, Cordell. Ladies first. Let's go <laughs> at their floor. And then, of course, the young gentleman can add his thoughts. Casey? Oof. Um, well, I love our, our linebacker core, too. Um, or at least I did in the beginning of the season, if you will. <laughs> a couple of the guys uh, stand out for me, and a guy that, I, that you can trust to get the job done is going to be inside linebacker Levante David. He's kind of been that leader over the last two games, which is – not even that exciting to say um, he's coming in this game with 53 combined tackles and only had 12 over the last two games, pitiful games. Um, it's going to really take him re-energizing his counterpart, Devin white, Devin white can be a complete animal when he wants to, he came into this season with his head on knowing how he needed to clean up his game, how he needed to tackle and play more strategically. The problem is he's kind of lost himself. Devin's young. He lets the media get in his head. And I think right now they're squatting there rent free and allowing him to make some, some costly mistakes out there. But if these two can kind of get back in sync because they play off of each other very well, then they can be problematic for this Ravens offense. Um, I know Lamar Jackson only had nine passes, nine completed passes last week versus the Browns. And I would love to say that if you ask me this question in week one or two, that the Bucks defense is way more formidable than the Browns defense. So they should be a little bit more problematic, but they have to get on the same page there. Yeah, I mean, just kind of jumping off of what Casey said, I think the thing that stands out to me when you look at uh, Baltimore's offense versus this Bucks defense isn't necessarily what Baltimore is doing in the air, but what they're doing on the ground, and specifically Lamar Jackson. This Bucks team has had struggles against quarterbacks who know how to move within the pocket and specifically running quarterbacks. I mean, Lamar Jackson leads his team with 510 yards rushing. And this is a Bucks team that is allowing right now, and uh, this kills me to say, but they're allowing 118.3 yards a game on yep. average. That's and smack so- in the middle. Dead smack in the middle on run defense. It's 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 so terrible. Um, because like Casey said, they should be and can be better, but they're but that's not the team that we've seen over the last few weeks. So I think that they're really going to need to step up against this Ravens team and specifically against the likes of Lamar Jackson and August Edwards. Um, because he's he, you know, he's he's kind of coming back and getting his legs back under him. Um, this is gonna be a really scary offense for this Bucks defense. 
if they're able to get their run game going. So to me, that's where the Bucks defense really has to focus if they're going to continue uh, giving the Ravens some offensive struggles. But the Ravens have a great opportunity to really, really push there very hard on the ground because the Bucks have not been solid defensively in the run game. Their pass defense is actually is actually pretty good whenever you consider uh, you know everything overall um they're ranked sixth in the league they only allow 190 yards per game so they're actually doing fairly well stopping things in the air but it's on the ground that I really fear this Ravens team is going to push and has the opportunity to really get at this Bucks defense yeah Gordo? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, she mentioned the, the Bucks pass defense. The Bucs also tie for third in sacks this year. Uh, that That's the one thing that worries me uh, with this Ravens offensive line. We saw Morgan Moses get benched in the, in the later part of the game on Sunday. That They were pretty good in the pass defense uh, as far as uh, pass, cut, uh, pass protection, I should say, this offensive line. But the Ravens as a passing team have kind of been trending down. As of late, the thing is the running game is starting to pop a little bit. Gus Edwards is coming back, look really good on Sunday. You know what you get from Lamar in the run game. The question is, can that pass game pick back up? Now, Mark Andrews isn't going to get held to zero catches every game. But this is the type of defense that I think would give Mark Andrews a little bit of a problem. And we've seen teams like Buffalo give him issues where they have really good linebackers and really good safeties behind it. I think they face a similar challenge against this Bucks team with coverage linebackers like Levante David, De- Devin White. You've got playmaking safeties on the back end and Antoine Winfield Jr. So, you know, uh, I-, I think it'll be important for good decision-making Lamar to be out there because this is a Bucks defense that's aggressive. They like to blitz. Lamar hasn't been as great against the blitz as of late as he was to start the season. So key decision-making with Lamar, none of the – cross body throws to uh, Patrick Ricard in the middle of the field. We don't need to see that. We don't need to see the fourth and goal end zone interceptions. We need the Lamar that we were getting in the first three weeks. And Lamar kind of, I, I question how healthy Lamar was on Sunday. He was on an injury report last year with a hip issue. He kind of squashed that when we talked to him earlier this week about uh, him, whether or not he was feeling good. So I'm expecting to see a, a, a more, a, a, a more decisive Lamar, I should say, on Thursday night because the passing game obviously was not there on Sunday against the Browns. And I don't think that that was a part of the game plan anyway. We know the Browns' struggles is against the run. But mm-hmm. this week against the Bucks, I think they're going to need to potentially, because I don't know how long this Bucks offense is going to stay down. Potentially, you may have to score some points to beat these guys. And uh, I, I just want, I just think that the Ravens need to make sure they're ready to go. Yeah, they're going to have to because in addition to the Bucks being very good um, in pass defense, they, they total points, they're only sixth. They don't give up a lot of points. And the Ravens right now are not putting up a lot of points. Um, and so that's that's the one thing that I think does work in the favor of the Bucks, um, as a, and opposed to what the Ravens are doing right now the last four weeks. They just haven't really been scoring a lot of points. And so that's one thing that the Bucks are doing. They're not giving up a lot of points, um, which is problematic. But again, you have a guy like Mark Andrews that 
you, literally it was National Tight Ends Day. He, he's non-existent on his day. Like, how does that happen? I don't know, but, you Great. know, uh, doesn't even get a catch. I think he probably had like three targets, something like that. And so, again, that's going into this game, you, you're going to want to feed Mark Andrews. However, you know, the, we already talked about how really good the linebacking core of the Bucks is, even though, um, Casey, you mentioned like, you know, they've had their struggles the, the past couple of weeks. Hey, man, this the Ravens will always find a way. To let somebody get back on track. That's what they do best. <laughs> Look, that's what I'm hoping for, honestly, because I cannot watch another destructive performance. But uh, in all honesty, you guys mentioned their ability, uh, the Bucks' defense ability to maybe show up in the pass game and shut that down. The problem is the injury report there. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. went out with a concussion on Sunday. And right. realistically, after what happened with two and a few other players, the reality of it is that there's no way he should be on that field on Thursday. So you're losing a versatile player. Their second versatile player, if you will. Logan Ryan was their first guy, their main guy to create turnovers. So you've got two of your most versatile safeties out of the game. And they're two people that also contribute to that blitzing package because Antoine Winfield Jr. either plays back or steps up on the blitz. And now you don't have that guy. You don't have that box player, if you will. Um, so they're going to be making some adjustments when it comes to this blitz game. Are they still going to go for it? Absolutely. And where it's going to help them is going to be the potential return of Akeem Hicks. This team started to go downhill sledding in stopping the run when Akeem Hicks went out with his injury and he bounced back with limited participation this week. If we know anything about this team, if a player is going to give them one wink that they can go, they're going to go. And Akeem Hicks is going to help them eat up that middle ground and alleviate Vita Vea from those double teams that he's been taking on and somewhat getting destroyed on. I mean, yeah, he came up with one sack, but a guy who just got a payday last season has two sacks for the season. Um, and he's typically way more dominant than that. So they've got to kind of find a rhythm here now without Antoine Winfield Jr. Carlton Davis is on the injury report. He's one of their top shutdown corners, if you will. And then it's going to come down to Jamil Dean, Mike Edwards at that safety position. So while they might give Bateman, you know, some trouble, while they might be able to tango with Mark Andrews, it's going to be them shutting down in the center there, their interior showing up that's going to help their backfield adjust. Because uh, then other than that, you've got a young guy like Zion McCollum, who he's fast as all get out, love watching the kid play. He still has some misreads out there. Uh, his feet are kind of moving faster than his brain at the moment, but he's only a rookie. So while I want to see way better, um, they're going to have some holes here because the defense is going to have to adjust accordingly, depending on how that injury report continues to play out. Today's going to be the big determining factor on um, who's going to play on Thursday night and who's not going to. But if a lot of their secondary is out, then I see the Ravens trying to pass a little bit more and alleviate uh, Lamar Jackson because what Jackson does that is so dangerous is that split decision uh, last minute there. Um, he likes to do one of those reads where he's either going to see how his offensive line shifts and if they shift down and the side collapses, then he's either going to hand off the ball or he's going to take off and his build alone can make these guys pay for it. So I kind of see them trying to run the ball down the, down the Bucks' throat a lot more, but they will have a passing opportunity here depending on what players uh, come up on, a, on the clean bill of the injury report. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see how it all plays out. And Casey, you said it best. We'll really find out more as the next day or two unfolds because even going back to some of Todd's Bowles comments on Sunday, you know, he said that he wasn't sure 
how many vets we're going to get the start this week. And part of that is maybe injury related, but part of it, I think, is performance related. Um, and there's a little bit of a lack of confidence in this Bucks defense right now. So they're at this very, very pivotal point where they they have to gain some confidence, but you have a guy like Antoine Winfield Jr. who's really the cheerleader of this group. You have him out. Someone else has to step up, and I'm going to call on Devin White to do it because he used to be, and there was a point in time where he was kind of the backbone of this Bucks defense. And so I think if this Bucks defense is going to do anything, you know, and anything like they can, anything like we talked about in the first few weeks, it's going to be led by Devin White, and it needs to be because he is a leader on this defensive core, um, and he's really going to need to step up, not just his play, like Casey said early on, but he's going to need to step up in the in the leadership room. Um, very similar to maybe what you guys are saying from from you know, Lamar Jackson, it's just been very inconsistent from Devin White. He'll have some weeks where it's a really good performance, but then he'll have some weeks where it's it's not the best performance. And another thing that we've seen from this Bucks defense that they have to be very, very careful of is letting up these big plays. Because last week, the one of the biggest things that happened against this Panthers team wasn't necessarily that they were gaining ground every single play, but they were gaining big plays and on third downs and on third, third downs. downs. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they gave up, I, I, I have my book in front of me. They gave up 60, a 60 yard run and then a 17 yard run right after it for a touchdown. Those things can't happen in this game because the Ravens and Lamar Jackson will take advantage. And so really to slow down the Ravens offense what they're going to have to do is is not let up the big plays. They have to be more consistent, play more consistent. And I think that starts with a guy like Devin White and his leadership and what he can bring to the table. But that's really something to think about. And I'd be interested in what you think about that, Cordell, because the Ravens, while they haven't been as great consistently on offense, they have had a few big plays here and there, and that's something, like I said, that the Bucks have struggled with. Do you think it's something that they try to take advantage of? Uh, potentially, especially if Deshaun Jackson is active for this game. You know, he's he's kind of brought here to add that game changing speed uh, and take the top off the defense. Now, it's been a couple of weeks since the Ravens have had some of those big plays. Uh, definitely didn't have any big plays this past week. That was probably the most boring win I think Ravens fans have seen in a while, <laughs> honestly. And you don't, it's, you know, the, the difference with Lamar being his, you don't expect to see boring when you watch this Ravens offense. Lamar is potentially the most electrifying player in the NFL when he's at his best. And right now this offense, they look dry. Um I, the big plays could potentially be there, but the receivers are, ha, will have to be more involved for those big plays to happen. And the Ravens just simply have not gotten a lot of production from their receivers this year. Um, Rashad Bateman, he returned to the field last week, got four catches in the game. But this is still a situation where it's like you're waiting for at least one of these receivers to have like a six to eight catch game at one point. And I don't think any of these receivers have had a game like that yet. So you know, uh, Mark Andrews getting more involved, that'll help. Deshaun Jackson being activated will help. Lamar running the ball 
more and more like we're seeing over these last couple of weeks. So definitely help because every time he keeps the ball, you have to really keep your eyes glued to him. So, uh, and I really like the addition of Gus Edwards coming back. I think that is the one thing that may really get this Ravens offense or really this team on the right track because the Ravens have had struggles closing out games. The Ravens could potentially have a much better record than they have right then, right now, but they just simply have not been able to put teams away despite having double-digit leads in the second half. And I think it's because they have not had that run game that they're used to having to be able to put these teams away. Having Gus Edwards back, he gives you that north-south runner that, that the Ravens really need for this type of offense, and he showed that he's more like himself uh, than maybe we thought he'd be on Sunday. He was, you know, Monday was a walkthrough uh, but for him to be on there as limited with as many DNPs as we saw from both teams uh, yeah. when they walked through, uh, that's that's a good sign to see that he's kind of responding well to being out there on Sunday and taking a huge workload uh, as well. So I, I think Gus Edwards being back is a good sign for this Ravens team getting back on track. We'll see who wins the battle. <laughs> it, all, it always starts in the trenches. So we'll find out if the Bucks linebackers um, are going to step up to Casey and Kaylee's request or if the offensive line is going to rebound after their tough outing last week against the Browns who blitzed them pretty often. Uh, so we'll find out on Thursday. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's flip the script, guys. Let's talk about the Ravens' defense against the Bucks' offense. And Cordell and I have talked about this for quite some time on our podcast. While the Ravens' defense statistically is going to tell you that they're not that great um, from a pass defense perspective and a total yards perspective, um, they've trended up in the last four weeks. Currently, they're 12th in uh, run defense, their pass defense is in the 20s. But, you know, they've had really good outings against guys like Josh Allen and Joe Burrow to really help them get better. And they've gotten some defensive players back to help them to help them do that. Um, they're still not at full strength. They're still waiting for Tyus Bowser to return. It's very possible that David Ajabo can, at some point um, can come to this team and be uh, an influence. But um, don't let the stats tell y'all what it is. This defense is getting better week after week. Turn it over to the Bucks offense, who it appears that there's some struggles there. And ladies, I would love to hear from you what you believe to be the issue in terms of what the Bucks offense is going through right now. We'll start with Kaylee. Oh, uh, that that feels a little bit like a loaded question because there's a lot. Do the best that you can. You know, feels like there's a lot going wrong. Um, I mean, I think at the I think at the very very end of the day, what is happening especially when you look at what this offense is doing um and and what they can do um they're really struggling with consistency they're really struggling with 
putting together a series of, of plays that are going to actually move this team forward. So they'll do it a little bit here and there. I mean, Tom Brady had almost 300 yards passing in last week's game, but it amounted to zero, zero touchdowns nothing in the end zone. I mean, they had three points. So really, when I look at this offense, it's not that the entire offense is just throw everything out the window. You're terrible. They're just not consistent and and they're not moving the ball well enough. They're trying to rely on these big plays um, and, and they're not kind of nickel and diming themselves into the end zone where they need to go. Um, they're also making some really, really crucial mistakes. And this is something that Casey and I talked about on our podcast, Jolly Rogers and touchdowns Sunday after the game. So when you, when you look at some of the things that happened in last week's game was just the epitome of good news, bad news, because you have Mike Evans, you know, bobble this ball and, and, and not catch it, which is like a one in a million thing, like never happens. It's like lightning struck him. Um, but then we did see a little bit more involvement from Coquift and Kate Otten and, and a little bit more from the tight ends, which I'm sure Casey will get into because she loves those tight ends. And, and for good reason, because when they get into the mix, they're able to move the ball down the field. So Coquift, he's getting like these 18 yards. He's moving the ball. Kate Otten was the second leading receiver this past Sunday. But then they have penalties or uh, missed assignments, missed routes. Um, they, they get sacked. Like all They'll do something really great, and then they'll let up another really, really miserable play, putting themselves in a position where they have a lot of third and longs, and then they're not able to convert. Um, or when it comes to the run game, frankly, they kind of suck right now. I mean, you look statistically, they really suck running the ball. They are literally last in the league. So there's a lot of things going into this, but to move forward, what they need to do is get some consistency, include the tight ends more. And not rely on these uh, 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 on these big plays, and just play a little bit more disciplined. Just those few things, just a few <laughs> things that they need to do in just order to a couple. Just a few. All right, Casey, can you oh, add to that? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Um, Kaylee, Kaylee, and I could talk about this all day, honestly, especially after that painful performance we had to watch on Sunday and the previous week. Um, for me, it nearly gets simplified to the fact that the Bucks are beating themselves. Uh, yes. on, uh, when, when it comes down to the paper of it, they, they should be producing way better. I mean, they had more first downs than the Panthers last week, 17 to their 14, 14 passing first downs, three rushing, but it's their third down efficiency. That's abysmal. They had two out of 12 conversions and they've shot themselves in the foot on third down week after week after week, being incapable of making that work or having production in the red zone, which comes to my obsession with tight ends. Um, I know some teams have strayed away from a proper pro style uh, offense, if you will, but it's those big bodies that are going to help you get those yards in the red zone. They're not trusting that group as is Kyle Rudolph. It's just, it's almost a waste of time as to why they brought him in here. Cause they're not dressing him out. He's healthy guys, by the way. And he's dressed out twice and he's had two eight yard catches in, in each performance that they've trusted him to grace the field. 
that's bothering me because you have a guy who showed so much potential and showed that he's a proper pro style tight end up in Minnesota, but he had this carousel of quarterbacks that he had to work with that aren't at the caliber or level of Tom Brady. Now he gets a Tom Brady and he doesn't even get to play. And so now you've got a rookie in Kate Otten who's going to be stepping up because Cam Brate's out with a neck sprain, but big fan of him. He's shown adequate blocking ability. He's shown that he can catch great passes. He had a huge, huge catch from Tom Brady in the fourth quarter versus the Panthers last week. But then this team, this coaching staff, unfortunately, goes in and makes the decision to not build off of great performances. So you've got two rookies showing you that, you know, they're doing enough to earn the right to be on the field more. And then they'll come back and choose to go with these veterans that are either, you know, half broken, half not, or making mistakes still. You can't have route runners on week seven that don't know how to finish their routes or that are running the wrong routes. That's just, that is, that's a dumpster fire. That is so embarrassing. You're a professional. You should be doing way better than that. So it comes down to the fact that veterans need to step up. If you're not healthy, don't play them. It's time to start grooming and trusting your younger players, which Todd Bowles, as Kaylee said, mentioned that they're going to start looking into. And some of these rookies have proven that they can play. Um, there needs to be no competition between Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. They're not the same kind of running back. Leonard Fournette is better as he starts picking up speed downfield because he can take on the tackles and he's got a bigger body to kind of stomp through and break tackles. Rashad White has better vision in punching those holes and creating those gaps with a fragmented offensive line that's going to not real, really be able to hold things open for you long enough. So it's coming down to coaching for me and play calling. Kaylee said it perfectly, the sequencing as well. You can't keep making predictable calls on second down and third down and expect to have any sort of result. Um, something else that I noticed in the last two to three games is that costly penalties. They are taking penalties in such inopportune moments and losing yards, chunk yards uh, that are forcing them to punt early. And the offense is barely staying on the field. And I think that that's something that played into the defense starting to fall apart is they were spending too much time on the field. They were relying on their defense way too much. And while none of those boys and their ego will admit it, fatigue happens. You can't be carrying a team three weeks straight and continue to show up for the rest of the season. Um, so they've got to clean up play calling. They've got to get smarter. They've got to start trusting younger players and they've got to get their tight ends involved. I've been saying it for weeks. Kaylee and I have been saying it for weeks on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. Ever since they lost Rob Gronkowski and nobody on this offense is going to be Rob Gronkowski, but they lost any sort of opportunity in the middle of the field there. Kate Otten has shown an ability to kind of bring back that presence, that ability. If you have no middle of the field and all you're doing is wideouts and running the ball, you become very predictable. You become limited. Um, or as Kaylee said last week, one-dimensional. So this offense that has so much talent has become so one-dimensional. And this Ravens defense can make it costly for them. You know, as you said, Rita, they might not be so cute on, on, on paper, but don't count them out. This 3-4 defense can be can be very dangerous for this Bucks offense. Um, they're coming off of three-sack, one-interception performance, and any pressure applied to Tom Brady against this O-line is scary. Where I think it'll help them is that, you know, Tristan Wirfs can have himself a day, but it's Shaq Mason that's going to have to step up against Campbell because Campbell is dangerous. <laughs> and if he's getting worked on that side over there, then Tom Brady's going to be getting flushed on the right side and his blind side. And when he gets flustered and starts making these immediate passes, even though he can get the ball out quickly, receivers don't have time to line up and they're not going to be able to re rely on the run game in this one. Would I love to see them be able to run the ball? Yeah. Cause the teams that have gotten an edge on the Ravens have been able to pick up yards, you know, 
I'm not expecting anyone to be Josh Allen to get 70 yards against them. But a lot of teams, if you look back at the statistics, their wide receivers aren't getting many chunk yards either. They're all being limited to under 100 yards. So we can't call on Mike Evans and Chris Godwin for this one. There's going to have to be a balanced attack here. And I know people are tired of hearing me say balanced attack, but you've got to be able to run the ball and pass the ball equally and efficiently if they're going to beat this Ravens team Thursday. Yeah, yeah one, thing, one thing that I remember about Tom Brady as a Patriot, um, because we, we are very familiar with him, obviously, <laughs> uh, uh, being in the AFC, is that you can, if you start adding pressure to him, it could be phantom pressure even, right? Like where it's not, where they're not going after sacks in terms of like, you know, um, rushing the passer. But but if the penetration is there, you know, he starts to get a, a little, you know, rattled. Um, one of the things, Cordell, that I, I really – am interested in seeing is Patrick Queen because we the past couple of weeks he's really played at a high level and I think that you know he's probably we we talked about Calais Campbell but Calais Campbell is, is going to be who he is Justin Houston is going to be who he is those guys are going to be impact players but you really need a guy like Patrick Queen to continue to step up and be the player that he's been over the last few weeks in order for them to, to try to get into Tom Brady's head to make him make some bad decisions no doubt i mean and that's in all phases of the game on defense patrick queen is really turned it on over these last couple of weeks i think he's starting to trend towards being that consistent linebacker that Ravens fans have been wanting him to be since he was drafted in the first round. Um, I think you're going to need a lot from him continuing to do what he's been doing, continuing to excel as a blitzer. Uh, we see you, you heard Casey and both Casey and Kaylee mention it. This Bucks offensive line is struggling right now. Patrick Queen is really good as a blitzer. He's really good playing downhill. He's one of their best guys in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback this year in terms of quarterback hits and sacks on this team right now. So he's going to have to be hold a big part in that. And also taking a, in coverage, you know, being there in that inner short to intermediate uh, area. Chris Godwin, he lives all over that middle of the field, that short yardage situations. And I hear Casey asking for tight ends to come kind of make their, make their name known uh, for, for Tampa. That could possibly happen against the Ravens. The Ravens struggle against tight ends. David Njoku had a field day against them on Sunday, and really it was a blessing in disguise, him getting hurt. Yeah. He had seven catches on seven targets for 71 yards in that game. And even if you want to go the week before, the uh, the Giants tight end Bellinger, five catches on five targets in that game, as well as a touchdown. So, you know, they, they struggle in coverage over the middle and specifically mm-hmm. in that second level and even on the back end at the third level a little bit you can you can maybe uh hit these guys because Marcus Williams isn't there he's hurt and he's kind of that ball hawk and safety that they've relied on in the early part of the season but now Geno Stone is there and Geno's played well but Geno is not Marcus Williams and the Browns were able to kind of take advantage of him a couple of times hit Amari Cooper on a deep route and you know, plays can be made against this Ravens defense in the secondary. Obviously, that's one thing that I do think that the numbers show that is kind of true, uh, but it's not happening as frequently as it did at the start of the season. Now, the one thing that's going to concern me is how often do they test Marcus Peters? Marcus Peters did not look good Sunday. I do think that that's something that teams are going to look to expose kind of if they can get a downfield matchup against him in a one-on-one situation, they're going to test him because he doesn't want to run right now. He can still make plays, 
no question. He, you know, this is a guy that leads the league in interceptions or turnovers since he's entered the league uh, to this point. So he can still play. And but I think his strength is when the play is able to be made in front of him. If he's got to chase a guy off the sideline, it's not going to end well for him. So uh, plays can definitely be made against this Ravens de- defense, but they're getting better against the run game. Although Nick Chubb, I think the numbers don't show how well he he really ran against them. I think Kevin Stefanski did the Ravens a, a, a service by going away from Nick Chubb the way he did at various points. So you can run on these guys. I don't know if the Bucks' offensive line is kind of good enough right now to, to run on them, especially in the interior because Calais Campbell is playing really well right now. Justin Matabike is playing really well specifically in the run game. Uh, so that'll be a challenge. And I do want to see how this Ravens aggressive style defense at times, if, how that works against this Brady offense that they have right now in this struggling offensive line, because I think that they can kind of give Brady uh, some problems in the blitz game. If they're blitzing guys like Kyle Hamilton to keep blitzing Mark uh, Patrick Queen up the middle, having Justin Houston have the type of game that he's had that he had Sunday. And maybe this will be the the game where JPP kind of pops back up again. He didn't do much. Don't mention him. (laughs) I know that connection. Look, he's got to go against Tristan Wirfs and Wirfs going against him in practice saw great things. So JPP, I know is going to bring it though. Former team. You got to always have that. Well, that's what I thought when they played the Giants, but I didn't. I didn't really hear from him uh, in that Giants I don't know if he game. Plays the Giants as much anymore, you know. Right. He got he got big things done with the Bucks, and he wanted to stay. That's the that's the stinger. He wanted to stay. Ah. He out, so but they weren't going to pay him. This yeah, they weren't going to pay him. They brought in JTS. He was too injury prone, and even though he played through injuries, he cost uh, Joe Tryon Shayanka reps by. For like staying in uh jpp while it's amazing that he's got such an engine on him there was many games that he should have been out and bowed out to jts and he didn't so that's a whole thing where he basically got put out by a rookie as of last year wanted to get paid wanted to stay and the bucks said no so he's gonna come in with a chip on his shoulder and that's scary but he's got to go up against a, a a well all all american but should be pro bowl very soon tristan works no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. And 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 really it all depends. I mean, you know, luckily for the Ravens, they have some different um they'll have some different guys and different formations out there. So they'll probably rotate guys like um him and Houston in terms of like going after the quarterback. Uh but yeah, you you do bring up a valid point. If a guy wanted to stay and the team said, nah, we're gonna move forward, we're good here, you know, he might have a little chip on his shoulder, just a tiny yeah. one, just a baby chip. <laughs> <laughs> it's GPP, he's got attitude. I love it. I love that he plays with such attitude, but yeah. that's gonna be kind of scary to see how that plays out on Thursday. Okay, ladies and Cordell. So here we are. It's end of the podcast. Who are you guys going with? And um, we're going to let Cordell go fa- uh, last because Cordell oh, actually has been really good. I was going to first. <laughs> no, we got, you know, this is the ladies first. So um, we're going to go. I'm going to start with you, Kaylee. How do you see this going Oof. on Thursday? <laughs> Sorry. Somebody got to go first. Yeah, putting me on Hot the seat. spot. I haven't <laughs> finished my coffee yet today. I don't um. I I'm going to take the bucks and, and, and I'll give my score prediction in a second, but I have to say why 
they've embarrassed themselves two weeks in a row. And I think this Bucks team at home coming off of two straight losses to one win teams can't shout that loud enough. <laughs> um, I think that they bounce back. I think that it's going to be a gutsy performance. I think it's going to be a close performance. Uh, I'm I'm going 21-17 bucks. I think it's going to be I, I think it's going to be something close and um I think the Bucks are going to edge them out. Gosh, I hope they get in the end zone a few times. Uh but we're going 21-17. I am hopeful that the Bucks really do take this seriously. They said they said that they were embarrassed. Bounce back game prime time. Give us some good Thursday night football because it's Please. been oh, not the best. Give us some good football. 21-17. I think the Bucks edge out the Ravens, but but not by a lot. I think it's going to be a fourth quarter comeback, you know, late game comeback situation for the Bucks. I think they're going to get into the end zone a few times late and that's going to really put them over the edge. All right, Casey, your turn. Who you got? I love that. Um I guess I'm just the hopeless romantic that's ready to get her feelings hurt again. But uh, I'm going to take the Bucks. Kaylee's right. Back-to-back -back embarrassing performances from one-win one teams, uh, giving them their second win of the season is just terrifying. Um, but it's also going to come down to the fact that this defense is still very capable. And I think they're just going to kind of re-step into that role of, of helping carry this team. So I'm going to take a low scoring game, 17-14, uh, Bucks find the end zone twice and uh, take that plus 1.5 spread favorite that they have right now. That's the only thing that kind of got me leaning in that direction, taking it back to Raymond James Stadium. Um, if they play a little bit smarter, I mean, just like 10% smarter on offense, they can get the job done. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, and then defense, if they get Akeem Hicks back, my confidence will skyrocket and then being able to manage not stop, but manage the run game that much more and, um, you know, not give the Ravens chunk yards to find the end zone over and over and over again. So I'm going to take it low scoring 17, 14 bucks. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. All right, Cordell, you, you've been, you've been really good at this for a while now. So who you got? I'm really torn. I'm, I'm back <laughs> and forth, you know, on one hand, the bucks have just, looked so bad as of late and I just cannot get myself to believe that they are as bad as they've looked and that it's going to continue to go on at some point they're going to look legit and them being a home underdog does not make me feel good either uh but on the flip side I feel like this Ravens team they find ways to the I think that they that Sunday was a step in the right direction of them finding ways to close out these games. I'm really putting a lot of stock into Gus Edwards being back. Although I don't know how much of an impact Gus will have on this game in particular, but we'll see. Um, I'm going to go Ravens 27, 20, uh, actually Ravens 27, 23. I'm going to go Ravens 27, 23. I think, they'll be the ones to end up to get the ball back last with an opportunity uh, to score. And for whatever reason, the Ravens will solve their red zone issues. It'll happen in crunch time when they absolutely have to, because Lamar Jackson at most usually puts up very good performances when he's playing against Tom Brady's teams. He gets up for these games, despite what he says. 
he gets up for these games. He looks up to Brady a lot. I think uh, Lamar gets a chance to win the game in the end and does it. All right, bad news, ladies. Cordell has been on point with his picks. Um, Good news is that (laughs) I'm on the side of you guys. I do agree that, look, the Panthers are terrible, okay? You you fire your coach. You got a fire sale going on. You don't have Christian McCaffrey. You got rid of Robbie Anderson. And somehow, some way, you found a way to just destroy the Bucs. That's embarrassing. I I can't even imagine. Um, And so I just feel like at some point somebody's got to step up and be like, what are we doing here? You know? Um, And the funny thing is, is that the division is not even out of hand. Like luckily for them, they play in the AFC South. It's like nobody, nobody's really stepping up. You know, you're playing the Falcons, you're playing um, the Panthers, and then you're playing the Saints. Like nobody is like blowing anybody out. You know what I mean? It's still Mm -hmm. a very competitive division. So uh, unfortunately for my Ravens, I am not picking them because I do think that you got to snap out of bad outings like that. And being at home does help you do that because you don't have to travel and you can prepare and, you know, it's a short week notice. Um, I do think it will be a close game because I think neither offense is on any type of rhythm right now. (laughs) Um, So it really will boil down into what defense is going to play better. Unfortunately, the Ravens, um, while they have improved, um, you know, I I think that the Bucs fares better in that regard. So I am picking um, the Bucs to win 17, 13, it's going to be ugly. All Thursday night games are, I mean, not all, but most. Um, so I don't see how this is any different, right? Is this, is this, is this your reverse psychology? No, thing? this is, is not, this not today. Not to, I want this to be my reverse psychology. Okay. I just, I, I don't trust the Ravens red zone efficiency at this point. And that's mm-hmm. my problem going against the team that is very good with sacks. That is very good in pass defense, a very, very, very good with points, you know, defensive points allowed. I, I that's just where I'm at. I want them to prove me wrong, Cordell. Don't get me wrong, but this is not the it. reverse psychology that I did in the <laughs> Bengals matchup. <laughs> I had to make sure. All right, so so that's that's where we are. Three to one, Tampa. Cordell, the Lone Ranger, the Lone Wolf, <laughs> or the uh, Ravens. Uh, Maybe Wendy. the smartest of us all, though. Yeah. I oh, don't yeah. know. <laughs> or the only fool. Or the only fool. <laughs> Unfortunately, I just hope you're the only fool this week. I just can't handle any more disappointment oh, from this team. Difficult. It's difficult for mm-hmm. sure. I, I think both teams need the win, honestly. They do. Absolutely. Both, both of them yeah. desperately need this win. Yeah. So we'll what I'm hoping, out. though, is that the Dolphins had zero defense versus the Ravens and won outright by having a complete passing attack. So mm-hmm. maybe there's just some nuggets to pick from there. Yep. <sighs> yep. Watch some film. <laughs> just, just watch the fourth quarter. That's all they really need to watch. Right. Exactly. exactly. There you go. Exactly. There you That's go. why I said late game comeback. They're going to get in the yep. end zone. Fourth quarter. Brady, you're going to see him this week. He's got a resurge. Ladies, tell everyone how they can find you. And your podcast. Yes, of course. Thank you so much again for having us on. We so appreciate it. I'm Kaylee Mizell. Everyone can find me at Kaylee Mizell. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y-M-I-Z-E-L-L-E. And I co-host the Jolly Rogers and Bucks podcast with my great friend and uh, wonderful, insightful uh, co-host, Casey Hudson. 
Hi guys, Casey. Thanks to you again for having us. Uh, so much fun talking. Some game preview with you all. You can find me at the Sports Case K A S E, and you can find us at Jolly Rogers TDS on Instagram as well as Twitter and um, Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. We've got new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, first thing in the morning over at Odyssey, uh, the most convenient way to download the podcast or you can stream it on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Thank you so much, ladies. It's, this was really great. And um, I just really appreciate you. And of course, you guys can't see, but these are some very beautiful ladies. So my favorite thing is seeing beautiful women talk sports. It's my favorite pastime, <laughs> I should say. So sorry, Cordell. I mean, you are right over there. Uh, <laughs> I'm just here. I'm <laughs> Thank so, you, Rita. Hopefully we'll be able to talk to you soon. Hey, look, maybe the Ravens and the Bucks go on some weird run and we had this conversation again in Phoenix, Arizona. We might, you know. That'd be fun. That would be I'd fun. I'd be into it. I'd be into it. As long as we find season. Arizona. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, ladies, so much for joining us. We appreciate you. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Casey, that was such a fun episode. I'm so thankful to the Winning Drive a uh, big shout out to them, Rita and Cordell. Really thankful for them. They provided some really good insights. Um, mm -hmm. Although I didn't love Cordell's pick. I know. And the fact that he said that he was right uh, has me a little bit nervous. But we've learned but fate has to shift here and there. Yes. Yes. I am <laughs> hopeful that the embarrassment from Sunday was real and that the stepping up from this team will also be real. The only like a bad thing, Casey, was maybe in the press conferences today, there was like a tiny bit of a lack of accountability. Like, you uh -huh. know, it's just, we have to play better. Oh, we have to coach better. And it's like, yes, but how, what are you exactly? Can you give us one example? Yeah. Because we all know that it needs to be better, but uh, I'm nervous that if he explains too much, he might just like lose it on the podium, not lose it, like breaking tablet, lose it. But like, there's a lot of emotions running through him right now. There's a know. lot of emotions. Yeah. It could this be is new territory for the world. How everything plays out, especially the fact that it is going to be a primetime game. Everyone who's into the NFL and even the people who are not are going to be tuned in Believe. because they just want. I mean, everybody loves to see a ship just crashing. And mm -hmm. then they're hoping to see this buck ship literally burn. <laughs> yeah. They want to see Tom Brady go down. But I'm telling you, Tom, don't let him have it. Don't let them have it. Have we got to keep captain. it up. Keep it positive. Prove Cordell wrong. And Casey and I, correct. Uh, but fans, thank you so much for tuning in. And of course, you can check out Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns three times a week. That's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We will be rolling in Friday with the hottest off the press uh, reaction podcast to that Thursday night game, which we're hoping will be good and energized that we're, we're going to feel awake and alive by <laughs> some great football and maybe a win. Uh, but you can guys can catch that, uh, wherever you find your podcast, but specifically you're going to want to download the Odyssey app It is the best place to find the Jolly Rogers and touchdowns podcast, because there's so many extra things that you get when you download the Odyssey app that you can't find anywhere else. So be sure to do that. Turn on that auto download button wherever you get this podcast so that anytime we put out an episode, it goes straight into your phone and into your ears wherever you are in your mornings as you're getting ready to listen to and want to know 
what the Bucks are up to this week. Uh, and again, you guys can join in on the conversation. That's at Jolly Rogers TDS on both Instagram and Twitter. We want to hear from you specifically on Thursday. Let us know what you're thinking. What do you think of the game? What needs to change? Hopefully nothing. Hopefully the adjustments are happening before the game and everything is smooth sailing into the sunset. Uh, but we are so thankful for you guys and thankful again to the Winning Drive podcast. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can find her at the Sports Case. That's K-A-S-E. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>